Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Five Things on Bad Dog Comedy TV. I am your host, Ali Rasool. And before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that we are currently broadcasting from the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. It is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We acknowledge this territory as the subject of the One Dish, One Spoon Wampum Belt Covenant an agreement between the Iroquois Confederacy and the Confederacy of the Ojibwe and allied nations to peaceably share and care for the resources around the Great Lakes. Many know this land under its colonial name of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show! This season of Five Things is hosted by me, Ali Rasool, and I am going to be talking to some of my favorite people, some of the best and brightest stars in comedy, and we're going to dig deep into the stories, politics, and personality behind their jokes or their favorite jokes. So we have some of my most famous friends, humble brag, coming on this season, so make sure you hit like and or subscribe to make sure you don't miss a single one. Now, Five Things is based on an improv warm-up game. So Bad Dog Comedy Theater is a pretty well-known comedy uh, improv theater in Toronto. So uh, Five Things is one of the things that we use to warm up to get out of our heads a little bit. So before I talk to our our very esteemed guest, let me get out of my head and uh, warm up with a quick game of Five Things. So, Ajanis, our wonderful tech, um, do you mind giving me a quick suggestion for a thing that you'd like to hear five things about? (laughs) I would love to hear five things about the wonderful world of food and your favorites in it. Oh, the wonderful world of food and my favorites in it. Great. Well, the number one thing to know about me is that I don't cook. I don't cook. I remember when the pandemic started and people were kind of hoarding groceries. I actually sent a photo to, uh, spoiler alert, our guest, Coco Galore, <laughs> uh, of a photo of what's in my fridge. And uh, she was like, you're you're joking, right? Because in there was a banana and maybe a tub of butter. <laughs> so that's one. Allie Russell doesn't cook. Number two, I spend most of my money on... Um, Uber Eats. This is not an ad. This is just a fact. Um, And it's something I'm working on, but also whatever. Life is short. Uber Eats. Not an ad. (laughs) Uh, Number three, I just had two for one pizza. Oh my God. This is just an ad for like a bunch of random, not great food, really. Sorry, no offense, two for one pizza, but so, so tasty if you want like a a nice Tuesday special. Uh, Was that three? Four. (laughs) 
For my favorite food growing up was sushi because my dad really loved it. So a tradition on my birthday is uh, is to go to all you can eat sushi. Except like as I get older, um, I realize really like it's probably better for me to spend the all you can eat sushi kind of money on maybe like twenty dollars on like actually good sushi. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's nothing quite like 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 sake, like the salmon sushi. Ugh, just like done really well. And number five, I used to run a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I used to run a restaurant uh, in a completely different life. Life, I've blocked it out because running a restaurant is so hard. So I want to do a quick shout out to everyone, to honestly, everyone who runs restaurants, everyone who feeds me, because clearly I don't feed myself. Uh, thank you so much for your hard work. And um, I love you. <laughs> and that is five things about my world food related. Um, I'm feeling warmed up. Thank you so much, Ajanis, for uh, for that suggestion. Um, I think we're ready to talk about our guest. And uh, I've already mentioned it's Co Coco Galore. Um, so a little bit about Coco. Coco is an actor, comedian, and curator. She's one half of the dynamic improv comedy duo Coco and Daphne. Oh my gosh, famous. Festival director of Black and Funny Toronto and Asian and Funny, and the co-producer of the Untitled Black Sketch Project uh, with Ajanis, who's our tech. Hey, Ajanis. Um, her, her performance credits include headlining comedy festivals across North America, including Portland, 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 Vancouver, Chicago, and more. Uh, and most recently, CBC's Tall Boys. Uh, Coco currently lives in Toronto and is the artistic and managing director of the Bad Dog Comedy Theater, where she is instrumental in the creation of their digital platforms, Bad Dog Comedy TV, the thing that we're on here now, that we're on, Bad Dog Online Education, where you could learn how to do things like the, like the five, th five things improv warm-up game, and Bad Dog Comedy Podcast, which is where you will find this episode and all the previous seasons of Five Things. So, without further ado, hi, Coco. Hi. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hello, hello. So, it's going. It's going. Uh, thanks. <laughs> it's thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's more like thanks for having me. Just <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a guest uh, on your podcast. What do you? But mean? I'm a guest on your channel. What? Okay, what? but is it my channel or is it the bad dog? Like the collective, the community that is bad dog. It is all of our channels, including okay. you. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome everyone. I'm so excited to talk to you. And like, um, I kind of have been talking a big game about <laughs> curating a hundred questions because. You basically gave me carte blanche. Usually before before we <laughs> bef when I when I, when I invite guests to this show, I'm like, okay, is there anything that you specifically want to talk about? And you're like, anything. And I'm like, anything. And my brain kind of went exploded. <laughs> so I think I'm pretty proud with the five that I, I ended up with. Okay, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. I am so, ready. <laughs> you are ready. We are both ready. We are both ready. Thing number one. Mm. How are your plants? So <laughs> a, li a little bit of context around this question. I feel like 
during the pandemic, and I don't know, actually, maybe I'm assuming this, but during the pandemic, we both found a love of plants. And I think it's actually, <laughs> we, our, that journey has been pretty, like, it's, it's like well recorded. What do you call it? Because the last time documented, we had an in- yeah. documented, because the last time we had an interview together was on morning, like CBC morning show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were on Metro Morning talking about our plants. That's For the true. record, I had plants before the pandemic. I would say I had one third of the plants that I have. And now I have three times the amount of plants. But I don't have as much as, as many as you. Oh, I have a confession with that. But first, let's see. Like, how are your plants? What, what, okay, what you, most, yeah. most of my plants are, are good. I killed a couple of orchids and got new ones. Well, okay, I called my aunt and I was like, can you give me orchids? And she's like, I'm not giving you any of mine. I will buy you new ones and I will nurture them for a couple of months and then I will give them to you. So I said, okay. And then my pearl of strings, I think that's what it's called or string of pearls. Like it's string a of pearl that, sounds. Yeah. Right. String of pearls. Yeah. So that died recently and I was very sad. And um, yeah. And some of my plants are dormant right now, which I'm not used to. I'm like, what does that dead? mean? It means like, I think my calatheum, I think that's what it's called. It's like huge and red, whatever. And I Googled it so I know that this happens is during the fall and the winter, they don't bloom. And anything that blooms is like a smaller version of the plant. And so it, it just basically shuts down and takes a, a nap and it'll come back during the spring. And I've never had that before. So I will let you know how that one and my begonias are doing when April comes. And now I know the name of my plants because when we were on Metro Morning, I didn't know any of the names. I was like, uh, it's pretty, it's pink. <laughs> okay, okay, well, I have a confession. Okay. okay. So the, the pandemic, what a wild time. I, I actually like look back at photos from, from like the beginning of it. I'm like, man, that was like a different person at that specific moment in time. And that person mm-hmm. decided to buy... Uh, a, as 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 I, we mentioned, like forty two plants, mm-hmm. all at the same time, and I was like, "This is who I am now. I'm I'm this new per. I'm this new version of Ali Rasool who like is a plant person now. Prior to the pandemic, I thought I could not keep a plant alive. Yeah. That's wrong. I was basically like a farmer within my house. Mm-hmm. I love that. I will say okay. that now that things have opened up again. Mm-hmm. I may be struggling. Okay. okay. You know, I may be struggling, and I'm also a little bit frustrated. What is what is the percentage of your plants? No, don't ask me that. Okay, Ooh. fine. Okay, okay, just because in the spirit of sharing, percentage yeah. of plants, those 42 in my defense at this point in time, when we were talking, those 42, most of them were on my um, balcony, so they were okay. like seasonal plants. Okay. okay, it's cold now. We're let's not count that. But I will say, yeah, we like, won't count the ones that take a nap. You we know, won't count those. Yeah, I, I will say all told, fifty percent. It's very bad. It's 50%. so bad. I know. Is it okay? So is it that you're not you're not taking care of them? So because it's fall, we actually don't need to take care of them as much as we do during the spring. So that is that is the truth. I'm also not taking care of my plants as much, but. I would say I water them every 10 to 14 days now. 
And they're like, that's enough. That's enough. Some of my plants are really rude. They're really oh. rude. Like my piece of my li- piece of lily is rude. She's like, um, I need water. And then she just <laughs> and then when you put water, she's like, that's what I thought. And she will do that every five to six days if I don't water her. And then you have some plants that start turning a color and you're like, oh, my God, what what's wrong? What's wrong, baby? And then you Google and the plant is really like, that's enough water. I don't need that much water. Calm down. I was like, whoa, <laughs> OK. <laughs> I know. Like it's just a ver- variety of things. It's funny because like I got them through a winter and then spring hit and some of, some of them were just like, goodbye. And oh. I don't understand. And I was like, OK. It's like mealy bugs, which is so gross. It takes oh so much time. Yeah. Yeah. And other, I think it's just because I'm not home all the time anymore. But so neglect. Okay, but what is your, but I think it, what it comes down to is your watering schedule. <laughs> Every two See, weeks, baby. Real, we're getting real <laughs> nerdy here. It's we're all about nerdy. the watering schedule. So I water my plants every 10 to 14 days, except for the peace lily. She's like, more please. Thirsty. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about them out loud like this. because Oh, you're going to get sassed you know? tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to get yeah, sassed by this lily sassed. tomorrow. Yeah. And there, I, I've been eyeing the plant store and there's a couple that I want to pick up. So, you know. Winter is coming, so I feel like, I don't it's, know, there was no justification for winter is coming. There's just a few plants I've been eyeing and I want to pick up. I honestly, you know what? Yes, me too. But I'm also like, I got to be responsible because 50%, that is terrible. That is that is a, a bit harsh. I know. And it's, you know, uh, it's a growing lesson for me, but unfortunately, my... Mm-hmm. Plants paid the price for that lesson, so I'm so glad I got that off my chest because I feel like you were really excited. Yeah. You were really excited about me having these spies. And I I'm was like, so excited. I, like, I kept asking you for, for <laughs> yeah. pictures. So I feel like, there you go. I've confessed, and I want to get that out of the way. Okay, okay. And I'm yeah. okay with it. I accept you as you are. A plant oh, thank killer. you. I accept thank you. I'm you. kidding. <laughs> You know what? I'll own it. I'll own it. That's who I am. But I can, knowing knowing that, it means I can improve on it That's and right. just do better. That's right. All right. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually going to get, like, I know we got really nerdy there, but I'm going to get into it. I okay. This is the one question that I double-checked with you. because Oh, oh this, yes. We're going we're to get into this. So Coco and I met. It's been a few years now. And yeah. Has so, it been uh, probably almost 10 years? No? No, maybe not No, 10 years. really? Maybe like five or six. Okay, maybe like maybe, six. Maybe, yeah. We'll say six. Okay, so thing number two, we're going <laughs> to talk a little bit about our beginnings. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. beginnings. Yeah. Uh, and I think about this a lot. So for everyone out there, I do, I do. <laughs> no, no, but, but in a good way. <laughs> um, so in the very beginning of me and Coco meeting each other, Coco did not. Coco was not a fan of Alia. No. <laughs> Expand. <laughs> Expand. Um. Yeah, I think. <laughs> okay. First of all, just to just to make sure everyone's feeling safe. Like, no, I feel I feel fine. I feel fine. Uh, I just I'm just like 
But like the no, audiences. Yeah, yeah, this I is feel, something we've fine. talked about at we've length. We've talked about this and I've been very open about it. I think yes. one of the things <clears throat> that was um, challenging for me when it came to like when you when you first came. And I think it was when you started doing um, like POC work prior yes. to that. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, Alia. Like, I didn't really know you. Yeah. But I have... I would say had because now I try to be a bit more forgiving because I've started to understand like not everybody is in the same place with their liberation, etc. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I have a hardest time with is people doing the work um, and becoming representatives of P- the POC community or the BIPOC community. So and me feeling like they themselves are not doing introspective work to undo bias in their own, in their own life, etc. So, yeah. So I think my observation, I was like, I was like, you can't take this because it's a huge weight on your shoulders. It's a lot of work and it also requires a lot of work to get to that place where you can do a lot of work. It's not just, I, I'm I'm just not a believer that just because you are blank, it means that you are now an expert on this topic, yes. right? You yes. are an expert of your own experience, and that is valid, but it doesn't mean that you can necessarily speak to it um, from an expert expertise, like in terms of like as an area of, of conversation. And this was this is something that particularly bugged me because as our community like meaning the comedy scene was starting to want to do inclusion and diverse work. Mm-hmm. What I had noticed is that they would just grab a POC person yep. who was willing and be like, Hey, you're now going to be the POC representative or yeah. you're now going to be dele- delegated this role. And it was so, and and that's the part that, and we've talked about this where I think I wasn't empathetic enough and I should have been, and I try to be more of that now is that that is also a system putting it on you that you're like, oh, OK, I'll I'll do it. And I'm in the corner being like, you shouldn't be saying yes, but not really recognizing the challenges that you might have been facing yes. yourself, um, you know, and also like you're a human, you want to expand yourself but what completely turned it around for me is um when you got the inclusion director title at bad dog <laughs> that's the way where you, when you got the inclusion i think prior to that when i was watching your come up as like a poc representative i was a little bit annoyed because i was like has she done the work like this do we know what we're talking about here um and and then we had a collective incident where Everybody kind of like, and that's when I kind of, I kind of was like, um, I don't know that it's her fault. Like, how can you ask someone who has, in a way, the least amount of power in the room to be the one who has to steer the ship the hardest to turn it in a different direction? Like, that's fucked up. And that's really hard. And I think that's when I started realizing what was going on. And then on top of that, I started seeing you do the work. And I think that's when I was like, okay, Alia, I see you. I see you doing the work. And 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 then we became friends. Yeah. And yeah. 
honestly, doing the work, I don't think in in the beginning times. <laughs> in the beginning times. In the beginning times. Like doing that work, that phrase was something I had never heard anyone say until you uttered it. And it's not like you didn't not make me like you made me aware that that is something that I was like falling short of and not in a toxic way. It's just like, okay, mm-hmm. you're, you're, and, and so the reason why I say I think about this all the time now is because um, having been an inclusion director and having been sort of, I think like one of the curses of doing the work is that it's just constant and you oh can't God. get away from it. And you're kind of like, I wish I could go back into the matrix a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like be like Cypher and be like, uh, maybe someone <laughs> or rich, uh, and I want to forget everything. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like I just want to enjoy something without being like, oh man, was that uh, like something yeah. like a problem you ha- problem to solve? I guess, mm-hmm. but because I'm in that position, I look at folks who I can tell were in my position when I was in the beginning, and mm-hmm. who that person was um, was someone who wanted to make a space of her own in comedy, had zero awareness of anti-oppression, you know, social justice, zero. And so was creating these spaces that were potentially harmful for the people coming in, um, Mm -hmm. despite having the best intentions, right? And, And I, looking back, realized that because I was in that position, I was actually allowing systems to continue. Mm-hmm. And making people who were doing the work, making their jobs even harder. So I don't know. Like, I just see it a lot. And like, I don't know if this feels like you, <laughs> anyone out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because cause the thing is, I believe in, in a lot of times, I believe in impact over intention. We all want what's like, no one wants to be like, mean and I mean some people do but you know what I mean like from a from a general perspective I like to believe that people are good and people want to do well but that's not how your actions always like like that's not always the the consequence or the result like I always strive to do my best but it doesn't mean like I've hurt people and I know this like you Mm -hmm. know what I mean and you have to take accountability and responsibility and more importantly you have to know that that happens and I think that's the thing that's so important when it comes to like it it can't just be but I'm trying to do good and I'm trying to do well and that's enough yes unfortunately that's not that's not what it is sometimes you do you do end up doing the wrong thing or impacting something in the wrong way and and I'm saying this as someone who has done stuff in you know, obviously like my personal life, but also while doing the work, I've, I've done shit that's been hurtful and I've had to take accountability and stuff. Um, so I say that so casually take accountability and stuff, but I've had to take accountability. And I think those are the key, key factors is we've had conversations and I think that's what expand, expanded our friendship and our kind of like relationship in this world where we're both doing the work is if I'm like, Hey, when you did, when you did this, it was, it felt more like this than this. And I don't think that you saw it from that angle for you to be like, Oh, you know what? I didn't even see that. That's not what I meant. However, I will take accountability for the impact that happened. We can only grow from there. And I think 
this is something that's very interesting because so many people are scared to apologize. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? That's actually the easiest part to be like, I was wrong. Yep. And understand and understanding the depth of that. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Like sometimes we would do things that are like wrong and I'm like, just say, just say you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. And it, uh, you get much better at it the more you do it yeah. not to say like you know apologize for no reason but it does yeah. you know open your life up to to you know do you know what I mean like I feel like our friendship is kind of a testament to that where mm-hmm. you know like yes I made so many mistakes and I've hurt people but there are folks who are who are there like when you're ready to do the work and you're you're you know you're a safe person to be around, or you know, like people will invest in you. Um, a part of that is an investment in your like so you committing to to work hard as well. Like for example, our conversation yesterday, we were talking about um, BIPOC representation mm-hmm. in a space in comedy, and then you said to me, "Yeah, but you're not BI." So BIPOC for those who don't know, like Black Indigenous person of color. And then even you just saying that made me realize, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've erased Black and Indigenous from BIPOC. To me, it's just synonymous with POC now, which is, like, very harmful. Yeah, it's not the same. And I really, like, I cannot cannot stress how how harmful that is. Because essentially, when you equate them, you're erasing the extreme hardships that black and indigenous folks go through on a daily basis on a microaggressive on a like hyper aggressive if we want to say like you're you're just erasing that and it feels the problem is that the system (laughs) and we know what we mean when we say the system oh the system (laughs) also wants to equate us as all the same Yes. Right. And what they what I find that they do is they look to non-black or indigenous POC to solve an issue across the board without listening to black and indigenous folks. And it's just so hurtful because then the system goes, we did it, guys. We did it. And then they keep it moving. And you're like, even within the BIPOC. So. There's, there's several tiers to this, right? Mm-hmm. POC, meaning non-Black and Indigenous POC, have also built in anti-Black, anti-Indigenous biases, colonial biases, right? So there's, there's that point. And even in the wider scope, BIPOC folks, including Black and Indigenous, also have work to undo because we are all part of the system we're all part of the matrix so it's not like oh i'm black and i'm indigenous and i get off scot-free no i also have to do work to undo like colonial imprints on myself anti-black even though i'm black anti-asian even though i'm asian like i also have to do the work to undo that within myself it's kind of like the best way that I can explain it, because for some reason, when we talk about black and indigenous, everybody's like, I just don't. But like, I mean, it's just not real. So I'll use like 
like being um, a woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if I've seen misogynistic women, I've seen women Mm. hate women. I've seen women be part of the patriarchal system and reinforce those things on behalf of, because like, I, I don't know what the saying is, but at the end of the day, once it's imprinted on you, and you're the one automating it, the system yes. doesn't even need to be there. Yep. Right? Yep. So, like, for example, like, a white person doesn't need to be in the room for racism to happen anymore because it's already imprint. Like, colonialism and all those roots are so entrenched in us that we're just doing it on automation. So it takes work to undo it. So I'm not a, I'm not a believer that just because you're BIPOC, it doesn't mean that... You're, you can't be anti-black, anti-indigenous, anti-POC. Uh, and in fact, and, and that's, I think that's the part that always hurts me a little bit yeah. more. Because it's one thing when the system is like, we're ignorant, we're on the other side. But it's so hurtful when it's one of us being yes. like, like not yeah. wanting to do the work. And it, it that always hurts me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It makes me want to shut down whenever I come across. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, a little bit more, like, we're, we're talking comedy today. So um, thing number three, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, a little bit, which is, like, like, going off of, like, what we're talking about, what does it mean to do the work within comedy? Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I laugh because I'm like, how do I even begin to answer it? I can't answer that completely because I don't, I don't know all the pockets of comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But I think that for me, what it feels like is like, how can we continuously expand the idea of what we consider funny to be more inclusive and I think that is my general perspective when it comes to comedy and the way that I think it it can be tackled in a couple ways but one of the things that I found was I kept seeing this happen and I was like oh I don't like this right it felt like a lot of systems wanted our physical selves on stage but not necessarily our perspectives so I found that we would still try to shut down what we might consider funny in our own communities in order to adhere to what the bigger system or the dominant system wanted to consider funny Mm. and yeah and, and I think that's challenging because I'm like how can we keep expanding that so I would I would see I would see people not be considered funny and meaning hear, literally hear the word, that person's not funny. Yeah. Um, this sketch is not funny. Um, that stand up is not funny. And, and I'm like, so there's two things here, right? It's true. There are some people that really might not be funny. So I, I don't want to be like, like, you know, cause <laughs> Because it is a skill. So I don't want to like yeah. diminish the actual 
skill of comedy, of making people laugh, of writing jokes, of thinking yeah. of jokes. Like, it's, an, it's a craft, and it's yes. a challenging craft. But how can we include other people in that who also work just as hard as the dominant players and be like, because a lot of times what I saw, so this is what I was going to say, a lot of times what I saw was that those people, I would hear, that's not funny, or that sketch is not funny, or this is not funny because, and then they would break it down. But if I took that sketch and presented it to the community that it really represented, they would like nine times out of 10 be like, that's funny as shit. Yeah. Yep. Right. So how can we expand that? Is it maybe more like, hey, that's not funny to me. Yes. But let's see. Because because now I'm, I'm more like, um. That's not funny to me, but there's something here that I think other people enjoy and I want to understand, explore, or that person's not funny to me, but I think there's something there. How can I, you know, um, not, I don't want to use the word push, but help nurture that person's confidence and stuff so that they can build their brand of funny. Yes. Because there's a lot of, there's too many people that... If if we had allowed, if we have, yeah, if we had allowed them to actually expand their brand of funny, they would, one, be successful, and two, they wouldn't leave. Because yes. there's too many people that leave. And yeah. it's too often the people that actually, the perspective that make our, our field a little bit more, I don't want to keep using the word diverse, but interesting. Because to yes. me, diversity is interesting and nobody trying to eat bananas every day like you know like I always use diverse I always use like a buffet and and I feel bad because I'm comparing people to food but at the same time I'm like yo nobody goes to mandarin and just eats fries everybody's like yo put a little broccoli you know put a little chicken balls put a little pizza yo you want a sushi roll like you want that expense you want that extension in your expansion in your palate why can't that be also for comedy? Yes. Why can't we expand our palette of what we consider flavorful in comedy? So, yeah, I keep trying to I keep trying to fight that. <laughs> and yeah. for me, I think I try to elevate the people who are like already like really really good and have them be the teachers and stuff because I think that if those people are I'm going to loosely use the word like properly elevated and given the confidence then what happens I think is that um the general public goes hey oh that person looks like me that person thinks like me oh I can do this and again not everybody can do this it is a craft but give that person a chance rather than hey I don't see someone that looks like me I'm just not even going to try yes you know, I really appreciate like uh, use using the word craft when it comes to comedy because again, coming up, you know, through all of those different classes, I never really heard the difference between mastering a craft versus and 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 pulling and and you know basically differentiating between your point of view and your story away from your craft. You know, it w it always just felt like a monolithic like you're not funny as opposed yeah. to like 
that's a really interesting story and idea and that's valid. That's your experience. But maybe the way you've crafted that piece isn't working. Like, I feel like that would have been more constructive as Mm -hmm. opposed to like, it hurts when someone says, you're not funny. And um, that's why a lot of people leave. Yeah, that's why a lot of people leave. And I think my experience, and I've had good, good or bad ones, I've had people continuously block me because they thought I wasn't funny. And they think, I don't know, that they blocked me. And I'm like, nigga, I see you. I see you block me. Like, like, first of all, I'm older than you. And like, I sense things, right? But I've also had, you know, in my comedy journey, like people who were, who were like, okay, tell me what your perspective is. Tell me what you're thinking. Because I, I wouldn't necessarily say that my brain was built to write jokes. I can tell jokes. I've always been that way. But I, like there's a there's a craft to it as we said and I really didn't get it and I've had people be like okay tell me what you think is like what is it that you're trying to say and I'm like this this isn't this funny and they're like not the way you're saying it however if you spin it this way it can be funny and I'm like and and then you start kind of like being like oh like we can do it like this oh what we can do it like this and then there's this way and And the more, like, for me personally, my journey was, like, the more that started happening, the more my mind started expanding. And then also, like, I started being, like, I don't give a shit if you specifically don't find it funny. There's ten people in here. At least five will. Yes. And so that started happening. And then I started getting confident. So I thank those people who would take the ball and turn it. Like, you know what I mean? And be like, hey, how about you see it from this angle? Or how about you tell it from this angle? Um, And they were mostly women, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, like, I can't talk about the pandemic enough. Or maybe we've talked about the pandemic too much already. But maybe we haven't. (laughs) Well, maybe we haven't. But there's... It obviously brought about a lot of change, right? And so you are considered a tastemaker, a curator within Toronto comedy. It's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's a- my love for Kit Kats. It's my love for Japanese Kit Kats, isn't it? It, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people turn to you to, 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 to be like, what's, what's, what's good comedy, right? So, I mean, which is funny to say, given what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my question for, uh, well, I guess my... Thing number four. <laughs> thing number four. <laughs> thing number four. Like, um, what's what's exciting? What's what's happening? Like, what's exciting? What are you celebrating that's happening in comedy right now? Um. Oh wow. Um. So many things. <laughs> I say that so plainly. So <laughs> many things. I think the thing that I'm starting to see as shows are coming back. So there's 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 one side of me that's like, things are not changing and that is upsetting. Yes. So there's one side of that. But there's another side, like another side where I'm seeing producers be relentless in their pursuit of showcasing um, a variety of voices. Um, like, like my friend Matt Foley, it was like, it's about who's not in the room 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what, that's how I'm going to be. He's like, okay. Okay. That's He's a good like, Matt Foliot. <laughs> I vouch for it. I vouch for it. <laughs> right. And, and this is like, I'm good friends with him, but at the same time, I'm not in his ear being like, Matt, it's about who's not in the room. You know what I mean? Go forth. Like that's not what's <laughs> happening. Right. So I'm excited by some people and people, in positions of power, very specifically, relentlessly being like, yeah, we're, we're turning that table. It's not like I see other people doing it this way and it's not happening and I'm not giving up and I'm going to keep expanding that. And, and then the second part is I'm seeing, uh, I think people who prior to the pandemic may have been too scared to produce any kind of show. Yes. People with important perspectives yes, uh, and important things to say. And by that, I just like, you know, I, I'm not necessarily being like, because they're divorced, they have important things. That's not my, my point necessarily. But I find that these people specifically have like really interesting thoughts mm-hmm. and stuff. Those people are being like, I'm putting on a show. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You were a student before the pandemic and maybe throughout yes. the pandemic. And now, like, unapologetically being like, I'm going to put on this show and that show and this show. And I think the other day I watched a troupe and I couldn't stop laughing. And I did not, like, I was like, damn, y'all funny. And then and then when I talked to one of them, they did something that reminded me so much of Coco and Daphne. Oh. Is they told me that during the pandemic, they basically trained like athletes and were like, okay, there's a pandemic. Who do we have access to? Who's in Baltimore? Who's in Vancouver? Who's in Amsterdam? And hired a bunch of coaches to teach them like, you know, online improv and then came out and being like, okay, now we have to do it in person. But, but damn, they were funny, man. I was like, I was cackling in the back of the room and I, I was like, I haven't seen improv that got me that excited in quite some time. Well, so it's very, so it's very exciting to see people, like people who have existing power, be like, no more, and people who didn't have power prior to the pandemic being like, you know what, I'm gonna get confident and do this thing, because it makes me feel like, oh, like it's happening. And it doesn't have to be like all like, you know, um, talk back all the time and symposium all the time. They're just doing it. They're just putting on fun shows and being like, hey, you want to see five guys of color talk about our exes? And then people were like, but you meant, yeah, but like how many times have you seen five of us together talk about like, and I was just like, this is so fucking exciting and standing up for themselves. I was like, I'm in the corner feeling all mama bear being like, good for you guys. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Like, thing number five, I'm going to ask you to name names because oh. I want to ask you who's who, who's making you laugh really hard. I mean, I'm sure lots of folks will listen to this podcast like looking for something to explore, something to discover, but like I would love to know what's on Coco Galore's list of things that are just <laughs> making you cackle, as you say. So the troop that I was talking about very specifically was uh, is affirmative action. Yes, I knew. I was wondering yeah. if it was. Yeah, yes, it, it we're was fans. Affirmative action. 
yeah, we're, I'm a huge fan of them. Well, I watched that one show and I've seen like some of them kind of dispersed playing and so great. Yes. And I'm a huge fan of Edward Choi. I'm just like, damn, this guy is funny. And yes, like sometimes he says things and I'm like, how, <laughs> how did your brain go there? How yes. did it go there? Um, yeah, so he's, I can't wait to see him continue like what he's doing and also alfred like there's not enough um east asian i think like performer like comedian performers yeah so there's there's that as well so that's very exciting i'm excited okay so this is funny i didn't know this was happening and okay. I caught it on someone else's story. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Because, you know, you hear things and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you click on it and you're like, damn, I'm excited for Anesti. Yo, oh, yeah. Anesti's TikToks. Uh, yes, Anesti, who was our guest last week, oh, episode sweet. one. Yo, I'm watching Anesti's TikToks and I'm like, what? Yeah. He's so funny. Like, And I think he's found, like, yeah. and that's what I mean. Like, he's found his thing. What if he gave up? You yeah. know? What if Vanessa's like, yo, y'all are being too mean. I'm just going to go work at a coffee shop or whatever. Like, yeah. so, yeah, so that was, like, his TikToks are so funny. And, and I'm excited for people who have turned to the internet to yeah. switch up their game, right? I'm excited for... Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for Cassie being on the Second City main stage. Yes. Because Cassie yes. does not play. Yes. Okay? I saw. I saw the first show before, like, Second City uh, yeah. is moving to a new place. So the last show in that theater was the first show that Cassie was on the main stage. Yes. And it yes. Was and and awesome. it's, been, it's been a long time since we've had a black woman on the main stage yes. of Second City. And... I think what I'm excited about it being her very specifically, not that I'm not funny, not that Daphne's not funny, but and Cassie is very relentlessly opinionated. She gives no fuck. She's like, this is what I think. Say something. And yes. and I and I'm just like, she's not gonna play with you guys. And I I'm so excited to see the things that she's gonna say and the sketches that she's gonna write unapologetically herself. And in a way, I'm almost happy they made her wait because the more, the longer you make someone wait, the more confident. It's not, yes. it's not the other way around, you know. I'm like, yo, she's she's been sitting in that in her comedy for a while, and she knows what she knows her groove and stuff. So so excited for her, so excited for Abba being on 22 oh, my minutes superstar. <laughs> Yes. So fine. I'm also excited for like even the little bits like Leonard Chan being on, you know, and Brendan Ash Muhammad being on. And I, I have to say, okay, one of the people I'm most excited about, and he knows this because he's my child, is is Adonis <laughs> Charlie. Like Adonis yes. Charlie just turned 24 and he is teching this show and he's probably blushing right now, but um, but I'm just like, yo, you're just 24. And I like I hate to play this age game, but I'm like, if I had your brain at 24, it'd be over for you hoes. And and that's that. Like, same with ABBA. Like, ABBA's young. ABBA's yeah. like, I think, 25 or something. Yeah. And I'm like, imagine being that young, having, you know, like, they've worked really hard, very, 
like strategically the things that they choose to be part of. And I admire that because it's not that like, hey, we're just going to do all the shows. So they've been strategic, both of them. So I'm so excited for like, yo, when they're 30, when they're 35, when they're 40, I'm yeah. like, it's over for the whole industry. Yes. Um, yeah. So so there's that. And, and I'm happy that I get to be a person in both of their lives who's like, Yay. <laughs> like with my little cheerleading pompon. And I mean, that's not the only people I'm excited about, but I'm also very excited about like DJ Mausner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Another, another person like, yo, it's over for you hoes. It's over. Yeah. It's over Where's DJ? DJ? Yeah. DJ's DJ? in Toronto right now, but they go back and forth between Toronto and Los Angeles. And DJ's like, <laughs> brain. Like I honestly, like, Excellent list. Like, everyone on that list, honestly, like, just going back to Jonathan, but, like, just such a, just such an honor to witness that because, like, I, I got, I, mean. I got to be in some, we're, we're just gushing over you, Jonas, and you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> just so amazing to watch that, like, happen. I'm just here watching it. Like, excellent list. DJ Masner, also, like, what a sight to behold. Um, yeah, well, is that is that the full list? Like those are. That's. I mean, every- my list. I I can go on. I'm I'm also excited about like Tamara Siobhan, who's coming yes. into her own. She just dropped an album. I was listening to it in a car ride today. Purse wine, and the album cover <laughs> painted wine. by yeah. The album cover is painted by her friend Paul Thompson, who is also a comedian. But did we all know he was a fine art artist? Like that? I did like, not know that. Yeah, and that is a an, an a painting that is being used as an album cover, right? So an intricate yeah. painting, and I was just like, yo, is that a vagina purse? <laughs> and it is. And I'm like, I'm, just, I'm very excited to see this, this black vagina purse on everybody's album, like Apple Music, Bandcamp, Spotify. <laughs> like, Yeah, so I'm excited for, I think, first of all, I'm, you know, excited for everybody who is like on their way up in their comedy journey. Yeah. Finding their voice, honing it. Like so so many great things are going to come for these people and I'm I'm excited to be to witness it and be a part of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, hold on. Wait a minute. Let's what? also talk about you, right? No, you wrote, I you wrote no, a book. We're, we're you talking wrote a, a lot. Book? Uh <laughs> And that's what I mean, did this we could, last week. We can week. talk forever. Yeah, yeah. You I, wrote a book. Secretly, like, I sponsored t- this podcast. Everyone, yeah. that is the spoiler <laughs> alert. I'm just here to sell my book. Yeah, you're doing <laughs> like you're doing a lot of great things, and I'm so excited. Like Tita Power. Okay, excuse me. I think the first time I watched um, Tita Collective was during the Asian and Funny. Y'all sent in a video, and I was like, "This is so great." Yo, excited for Rocky Mazoria to be a lead in a. In a primetime TV show, let's go Rocky, right? Amen. Yeah, I'll I say I knew you. all of these people when. That's 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 what's exciting is I'm gonna be like I I knew these people when. Yes, <laughs> and to be that person, you can catch all of those folks in various shows on Bad Dog Comedy TV. Bad Dog oh, Comedy yeah. TV. <laughs> um, well, that kind of uh, like obviously the list is long, but that yeah. kind of wraps up our big five. I do this thing. Did we where, ask five questions? Damn, that was fast. Yeah, there were a thing five things. I'm pretty sure. I think last week I missed one. <laughs> it's okay. We live and learn, as we say. But um, yeah, 
Thanks so much, Coco. Like, before you go, I do have a lightning round. So it's another five, everyone. Lightning round. Lightning round, okay. okay. So, you, okay, here we go. Number one, you are a uh, snack reviewer, so I have to ask, which Kit Kat, original or matcha? Oh, uh, matcha. Matcha. It's, yeah, it's not as sweet. Like, it's it's good. It's nice. I it's like it. It's delicious. Yeah, I but I will say, say strawberry beats both of them for me personally. I didn't even yeah. know there was strawberry there. Yeah. You heard it. You, you heard it here. Yeah, there's strawberry. strawberry, everyone. Yeah, there's also okay. taro. <laughs> okay. Stop. <laughs> okay, wait, I just want to know all of the flavors now. But number two, one more thing. What is a self... Actually, there are four, four more things. What is yeah. a self-care must-have that you can't live without? Bathtub. Bathtub, yes. What are you watching these days? TV shows, film? I'm watching Succession... It's fun to watch white I people love be mean to each other. That show. I love that show. <laughs> They're all so bad, but so, so confident. Bad. And the, the acting is just incredible. Yeah. Um, it's funny when they're all panicking at the same time. And I'm just like, this is not even about color in a way. If you've been in a big family and you've had like a panic situation happen while you're with all the members of your family, extended family, and people that are like kind of family adjacent, that shit is real. Yep. Everybody like, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but it's not even this. Like, <laughs> that there, shit is deep. It's <laughs> just such, uh, it's like so nice to have like everything good about a reality TV show, but Everything good about TV at the same time. Yeah. Just excellent. Yeah. Excellent yeah. work. Okay. So Number four. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Tony Lung? Oh, my God. <laughs> I did some research on you, and I want to know. Oh, my God. I love him so much. <laughs> I've loved this man since I was, like, eight. Like, do people... Like, 30-plus years, I've been watching him. He's in my favorite movie of all time. It's an episodic series in Kanto called Heavenly Sword and Dragon Saber. I talk about it in my one-person show called Mixed Chick. And, like, I adore this man. He's such an incredible actor. And he's so fine. And he's so confident. He's, and honestly, the scene yes. in, in Shang-Chi where he has his fucking blazer rolled up. He the roller the sleeve rolled up. That did five. things to me. That did things that to did, me. He does things to me all the time. Well, okay, I don't know him. I don't know him. Okay, I don't know Tony Lang, but I don't think I would be able to breathe or even speak if I was in the same room as him. I love him so much. I love this energy. Yeah, I watched Shang-Chi, I think, three times because I was like, and I'm Those talking sleeves. about in theaters. In theaters. Yeah. I saw it twice. Oh. I I'm due for a third. If it's it's not in the theaters anymore, ah, missed. It's on. It's on Disney Plus now. All right. Well, yeah, and Disney. I think it's one ninety nine this month. So get on it. <laughs> I will pay for Tony Long sleeves yeah, and more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last, where can we find out more about your work? Where? Twitter, Instagram, what is your handle? So I'm at Coco Galore on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, I don't do TikTok. <laughs> My TikTok is just so used so I could download it and put it onto Instagram. Um, <laughs> I am mostly an Instagram and Twitter person. Facebook is eh. Oh, sorry. Meta. It's eh. <laughs> meta. I, I, 
and I'm a gift queen, so I love Twitter and Instagram for that for that reason. Yes, give Coco a follow. Uh, it's a lot of nice content about Tony Love, I will say. Oh, he's so fun. And the more <laughs> gifts that come out of him in Shang-Chi, the happier I become. Like, there was a new one that I saw the other day when he's looking up with his long hair. Like, oh, I was like, this man is so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well... That was our show. Thank you so much, Coco Galore, for joining us for Five Things at Bad Dog Comedy TV. Please, please, please check out more of her stuff, more of Tony Lung. <laughs> um, and 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 if you haven't yet, please hit follow or subscribe to this channel. Um, as you've already gathered, Coco and I know a lot of famous people, and they're all going to be on this channel, so you better be following. So keep up to date on all of the cool programming Bad Dog has coming your way. And if you'd like to support the show, consider donating to www.baddogtheater.com slash five things. A big shout out to Ajanis Charlie, who we gushed about quite a lot, but not enough. Our tech, thank you so much, Ajanis. And thank you so much for joining us. I've been Alia Rasul, and in the words of my people, Ingat, take care and have a great night. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.